I think she's like a heartless, soulless woman who's immune <laughs> to everything paranormal. Even like walked by and he was like, nice tit, babe. Like, Is that Ripley? Because <laughs> no. I think it's Ripley. She's warping time around her. Hello there, and welcome to the Amateur Movie Critics Podcast. I'm Red, and this is my ghostly assistant. And I'm Peter. And today, we are going to be reviewing the movie 13 Ghosts. When she talking about 13 Ghosts, you contacted me for 12 Ghosts, the Breakers 12. I'm done after tonight, Cyrus. Yes, 12, and then what more? So, here's Peter to tell you a little bit about the movie. Yeah, keeping with the awesome 13 uh, thing we had going on from last week, uh, I wanted to review 13 Ghosts. Uh, 13 Ghosts is a horror movie that was released on October 26th in 2001. Um, the movie is about Cyrus Criticus. Uh, Cyrus Criticus. Um, a ghost collector of sorts um, who dies tragically in the beginning of the movie and gifts his estranged nephew and his two children um, his estate, including his house and 12 angry ghosts in the basement, uh, accompanied by his uncle's lawyer and his nanny that I don't know how they pay for. Uh, they enter the house only to find themselves trapped inside of an evil machine designed by the devil and powered by the dead. Now, <laughs> now uh, the movie stars Tony Shalhoub as Arthur Criticus. Um, as I referred to him in my notes. Oh, I definitely called him Monk the entire time. Uh, <clears throat> Embeth Davids as his wife, his late wife, Kalina. Uh, Matthew Lillard and Shannon Elizabeth, who I didn't realize was Shannon Elizabeth until after the movie. <laughs> I was watching the credits. Um, I... Honestly, you know more of those people than I do, so I really it don't all... know Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> it also f stars a famous underground rapper, Ra Digga, as the nanny Maggie Bess, uh, <laughs> who's, this is her first, well, not yeah. her first and only, but her second movie you that mean she's ever done. DJ Maggie White Bear, right? <laughs> yeah, DJ Maggie White Bear. <laughs> that is insane that everybody's a DJ. <laughs> Well, so far it seems to be the theme, and the next, if Friday the 13th has a DJ, then we're pretty set. Oh no, is that the next movie? <laughs> uh, hopefully no, I don't think it's on my list of favorites. Okay. It's not, okay. not my very top, I don't know what the next movie will be. Probably have to figure that by the end of the episode. So we yeah, can, we could do that. We can tell okay, so what's next. <laughs> so, uh, what was your, like, uh, just like, your basic thoughts of the movie? My initial thoughts, which I made sure to write down, is Monk Fights Ghosts. So that, that was basically, you know, the, the Ernest Does movies. I, I felt like this was a, a Monk Fights Ghosts movie. Yeah. Well, I, I put, um, not as good as I remembered. Really? Well, I... not, as, not, not as good as I remembered, but not as scary as I remembered. Oh, yeah. This movie wasn't scary to me even the first time I watched it. To me, this was better than i remembered it because of the comedic gold behind it oh yeah no it is it is by far the funniest horror movie i've ever seen but like when i saw this movie in middle school yeah middle school when i saw this movie in middle school i get creeped out really easy. i don't get scared i just get creeped out and the ghosts were like really creepy also the like the sound in this movie is really really good yeah i'm i the version i watched wasn't exactly the most amazing sound quality but yeah it was pretty if you were watching it in a dark room dedicated they definitely had a lot of the you know crazy guitar strumming flashing scary pictures thing going for them yeah it also has like i don't know whoever is the sound editor for this movie which i'm sure i can look up he, like that guy deserves some type of award not like an emmy but like maybe like one of the underground awards um also like read that um when the movie was first like shown that um, the sound was so loud that like someone passed out. Also, um, the director of the movie is Steve Beck. Uh, Beck, Steve Beck, 
he hasn't. I think this is like maybe his first and only movie. Um, but he d- he does visual effects on like a, some big movies. Um, he did Indian Jones and Lost Crusade, uh, The Abyss, which is amazing, um, and then Hunt for Red October, and then he just you know dropped off the face of the planet. Wow, that's I had no idea about this director. I do apparently far less research than you do. I'm not as thorough. I guess. Look, he only directed two movies. One's called Ghost Ship, and then this one. And Ghost Ship is the craziest, worst, like, bad horror movie I've ever seen. Was that a sci-fi original? No, no, no. It was, like, released. I remember seeing it in theaters. Really? And, like, I just remember the opening of the movie is, like, a a wire cuts, like, thousands of people in half. Oh, my God. Oh, they're all ghosts. Yeah. not Not the movie, but I just saw that one scene. And I thought, that was so crazy, the movie had to be very epic, but in a <laughs> stupid way. Okay, so let's go into, you want to go into the, like, the, the, the overview of the movie? Yeah, so I guess initial overview, I guess, show notes. The, we start on a junkyard, right? Yeah, the, this is the craziest opening I've ever seen to a movie. Um, it's just, like, an old guy with a cane, Matthew Lillard, and then a whole bunch of, like, SWAT members. Shaggy, as I call them, from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you, you called him Shaggy? The whole time. Uh, I, the... I called him SLC Punk, because that is the first movie I've seen him in. Really? I Honestly, I've only seen this, this actor once before in Scooby-Doo, the live-action one, so I just thought, oh, it's Shaggy, great. Um, I, ca- I cannot believe you've never seen SLC Punk. I have not so seen a lot good. of movies, it turns out. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so inside the junkyard, um, Cyrus is trying to capture a ghost, um, uh, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Lillard's like, oh, we need to get out of here really quickly, where Cyrus immediately goes, I hate being rushed, which I don't, I don't know why that line stood out to me so much. I don't know, a lot of this movie rang as a little clunky to me, but that was half of the reason that I actually enjoyed watching it because i laughed at so many parts where they could have said anything else to approximate themselves to seeming kind of human yeah i don't well this movie this movie has the worst writing because it's all one-liners the entire movie i noted that shaggy i'm just gonna call him shaggy for the rest of the podcast now shaggy shaggy's still a stoner and then i said nope uh he's a pill junkie he was pounding those pills real hard oh he was like every single scene he was also like i don't know how magically like his eyes got better but he lost his glasses halfway in the movie and then he just like i don't need them were those his glasses or his specter specs he had glasses and specter specs because like the first time you see him he's cleaning his glasses to let you know he needs glasses I don't know. Maybe he, maybe his psychic vision caused him seeing trouble, and when he wasn't having psychic visions, he was fine. Definitely. Um, yeah. Also, they're in the grave. They're in the junkyard because they need to catch the last ghost. Their uh, their twelfth ghost, and then uh, the appearance of I call them exposition couple. Yes, one one half of which is I. Well, I'll get to that later. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> who immediately show up out of nowhere and just explain the entire plot of the movie. Yes. Or about, half of the plot of the movie. About the, the catching of the ghosts and that it's wrong. And ghosts are people too. Ghosts are people too. <laughs> that's so funny. That pretty much wraps uh, their whole thing up, in my opinion. That's, that's Yeah, pretty much. Um, Cyrus then whistles, and then a blood truck comes. Uh, yes. They were trying to capture uh, the ghost I called uh, X-Man, because they called him the Juggernaut. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, like, they're trying to capture X-Man, and then, like, like an X-Man, he starts killing everyone. Which I don't think... I think, like, Cyrus's motivation throughout the movie was to kill all the people he hired so he doesn't have to pay them. I did notice that. Literally no one he hired lived... Not even Shaggy. Uh, this is a good time to put in spoiler alerts for the listeners. Yeah, we're going to spoil the hell out of this whole movie, so sorry. If you haven't seen it already, well, then obviously you don't care. So they they have the whole everybody dying scene, and one half of Exposition Couple and Silas, they die too, don't they? Yeah, but like, 
Only like seven people. Only like seven people died in this movie. Really? It seems more, like more. Well, there was like a whole bunch. All the men. I just counted them as one because it doesn't like they just cannon fodder. And then exposition, exposition couple, Cyrus himself, and then uh, math, uh, Shaggy. That's it. Really? What there about... was not a lot of death in this movie at all. Yeah. Hmm. It, it was a movie full of ghosts, which are dead people, so I expected, I thought of more people being dead than there actually were. There were 12 dead people already, so I just kind of counted them as people who died throughout the movie, but I guess they really didn't. And then, what? um, also, only one ghost killed anybody. That's right, and it was the, well, was Silas a ghost? I don't know. I never got that. Because he suddenly I don't know. seemed to have physical form, and everyone could see him without the glasses. Yeah, but then, like, why would he wear that makeup the entire time? I know the movie takes place in a day, but still. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he he appeared, maybe... Who knows? Who knows? I... And they were, like, punching him? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I... he was obviously not a ghost. But then, was he... Was he... I don't know. Okay, well, we can get into that later. Yeah, moving moving past that point where <laughs> we're, we're seeing the sad voiceover exposition in Tony Shalhoub's room. Oh, yeah, where it was like a single camera pan around, like, burnt-up photos of his wife that he kept in his room. Which is depressing. So depressing. And the Why? kids walk in and see that every single time. Yeah, like, why? Like, why would you have this? At least cut the picture down a little bit, or keep in your it, wallet or something. Put it in, a, like, an album labeled Family Memories? Yeah. He could have taken, like, a picture of her profile while she was in the hospital, too, because it must have happened a little bit later. A, a different <laughs> picture he could have had of her, or printed out an older picture of her or something. One that wasn't burnt. I don't know. Something. The way they were talking, it sounded like their house completely burnt up, and they lost everything. Well, uh, that's why that... all of their bills are overdue, according to the bulletin board. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah I noticed that too. Past uh, due, past due, past due, all of them. This is also the first scene out of many where he mentions he's a math teacher. I find it funny because he's a math teacher who can read Latin. He's Yeah, he's a math teacher who can read Latin, but like doesn't do math very well. <laughs> no, you... I don't know. He he said something to the approximation of, what was it? The property taxes on this place alone must cost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I started dying. Well, then, yeah, definitely don't take the house at all. Just give it back to the uh, lawyer and he'll sell it and take the money. We enter into the kitchen with uh, boy death fascination. Yeah, uh, I called him podcaster in the making. Yeah, I, I put baby everything. podcaster right there. Yeah, baby pop. Oh, see, see, we just think alike. Um, my my favorite dialogue. Well, not my all the dialogue is my favorite, but the uh, <laughs> don't call your sister a slut. I like the term bitch more. Cause she's being a little slut about it. Bobby, don't call your sister a slut. Thank you, Maggie. I prefer the term bitch. I love that so much. Instantly, Maggie was my favorite character. She's the best sassy nanny slash caretaker slash whatever she is that doesn't do, do her job ever. Yeah. D does he pay her in sex? Because he doesn't have enough money to buy a decent apartment with lights in the hallway. So I, I would, don't... I don't know. I would hope so, but then there's a point at which someone says, you and your wife, and they both look like they've been shot. <laughs> they, are, <laughs> they are shocked and appalled that someone would even think there's a possibility of that going down, so... Yeah, it's like she literally hates her boss and just kind of standing the daughter, but she kind of likes the kid. A little bit, but not enough to watch over him and make sure he doesn't get lost. So she's obviously oh, yeah, she's, not his actual nanny. She is the fucking worst. I would have fired her. I don't know about what her job title was. It was a very mysterious job title because she said she doesn't do windows. She also said is... she didn't. Well, they also talk about her cooking, and everybody had to look like, no. Like, just the worst look of disgust. Yeah, so she wasn't hired to cook or clean. She doesn't watch the kids. I kind of wonder why he's paying her money that he doesn't have for her to be there. 
Maybe he was like, if I hire this this black lady to be around me, everybody won't think I'm lonely. <laughs> she's the she's the emotional support <laughs> nanny. Uh, let's talk about the kids. Okay, so okay. So, Baby podcaster, and I called her Gold Digger Daughter after the first few scenes were over. Well, it is Shannon Elizabeth. But, yeah. um. <laughs> so, okay, so that boy is obviously Hispanic and does not look like anybody else in the movie, but none of that family looks like each other anyway. So I just don't. I don't They're know. They're the melting pot family. The lawyer comes and tells, tells Tony Shalhoub about their mysterious benefactor. Just, and the daughter, she, the, besides the, the strange iRobot, like, it's answering you type recording, she was giving that mysterious uncle the eyes. Oh, I, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't see that. Okay, like, as a tech guy, I noticed a whole bunch of things wrong with this scene immediately. Uh, oh, I don't even, I don't even know tech, and I knew everything about that was wrong. So, not only was the video, like, the play button not pressed, but it said... <laughs> It said the video was 24 minutes long, but it was only like 45 seconds. There was a lot of there was a lot of boring stuff in the middle where he talked about his cat and his ex-wife and his kids. And there should have been a getting this. There should have been like a slow-mo uh slow-mo like eye-rolling scene from Chad and Elizabeth. <laughs> there was a lot of slow-mo in this movie by the way, which is why it was so long. But it was all with Shannon and Elizabeth. No one else had slow-mo. Just her. Didn't... Because like, like yeah. the the um, the guy with the cage around his head picked her up in his hacker. That was slow mo. Her <laughs> jumping in the bed. Well, that was for an obvious reason. Also, was I wasn't sure if that was a guy with a cage around his head or a girl with a cage around her head. Well, Either way. Well, well, let me tell you. Going into the backstory of all these ghosts, it's a guy. Okay. <laughs> who went insane and checked himself in the insane asylum. And then went even crazier. And died? They put a cage around his head. Yeah, I think that was it. The lawyer gives him a key, right? Yeah. Maybe. I couldn't tell if that was a key exactly. It looks like something out of Tron. So now they're in the car ride to the house. Oh, no, no, no. Before this, uh, what I like to call Scorn Witch Montage. uh, With uh, one half of Exposition Couple. Uh, just casually packing up a whole bunch of explosives. Is that Ripley? Oh, because no. I think it's Ripley. I know it's not Sigourney Weaver, but I'm pretty it sure this woman... It looks just like her. She put on her Ripley a cosplay this morning and didn't take it off for this whole movie. So, they pull up to the house, yeah. and immediately the kid goes, cool, so futuroic. Yeah, futuroic. So they get to this crazy house and Shaggy's there and he's talking about how all the power's out in the triquad area. The triquad area. Yes, which uh, there's what was it? There's fifty five there's five thousand five hundred and seventy houses in the triquad area, so that's what designates the triquad area. Um so they put the key into the door, the door eats the key and opens up, and then Maggie has to let everybody know she does not do windows. Yes. I was wondering if the contract for this house that the lawyer was trying to get him to sign came with a life supply of Windex. I wasn't sure. He gave, like, his first rule, which is no throwing stones. And no one did, which is weird because they didn't listen to any of the other rules that he set out for them. Which was like, stay here and don't touch anything until we have property insurance. (laughs) Which is the best. Not stay here, don't touch anything, I'm worried about you. Sit here and don't touch anything. I can't afford it if you break it. And then, like, immediately they, like, run away. As soon as his back is turned, they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody cares at all what he says. They're just gonna go explore their new house. You would think Maggie would be like, no, kids, let's listen to your dad. No, Maggie's in on it. She's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, Maggie obviously is just the third child, and she's here only for the great food because, you know, she can't cook for herself. <laughs> no. Uncle Silas, he left them enough money to pay those property taxes, right? Oh yeah, he left them enough money to keep them like good for a long time. Which S- makes me wonder if after this movie, they still have that money. I kind of wonder where that money went. Who had the money briefcase last? The lawyer. Well, we all know what happened to the lawyer, but the... 
That yeah, comes he, a little bit later. He split, as Maggie yeah, said. Yeah, he split. <laughs> so he's out of here. He he didn't take the money with him though. He's just no. he's just not in the house anymore. Maybe he is in the I house. I just assumed I just assumed Maggie had it as she was like walking away. I could see that she would accept that as payment though for all that she's done. Cause she was there giving her great DJ style to the whole party. So she had <laughs> I want, I, we we're gonna talk more about that because that oh yeah <laughs> that scene uh, immediately Matthew what Matthew Lillard then goes into the basement to just look around I don't know why he went to the basement first to look for that money but, I guess oh yeah because he was like I didn't get paid I'm gonna find my money yes. so he wasn't even there Silas for any other reason that's the only reason okay that makes more sense. Yeah, no, he freaks out in the basement and then comes to tell them to get out. And that he, he starts explaining everything like, you know, ghosts, this and that. He didn't reference Patrick Swayze at all during this whole trying to explain what ghosts were. He did reference... He referenced some movie I've never heard of before. He did, but I didn't hear anything about the movie called Ghost. Because they, no. they misheard him. But he didn't even lead with Ghost. He was like, Revenant. Yeah. You know, spirit. A revenant is a zombie, isn't looking it? at him. Uh, it could be a ghost too. I, I guess. I'm not sure. He's listing everything but ghosts, and Tony Shalhoub's looking at him like he's dumb, and he's like, "Okay, ghosts." And Tony Shalhoub's like, "Oh, you're crazy." They sort of seemed not to believe him. The lawyer seemed not to believe him, but obviously the lawyer knew they were there because he didn't seem very surprised when he went down to the basement to get the money that he knew was there. Why didn't he just go and get the money before if he had the key, I wonder? I I don't know, but maybe he couldn't find the money. Or maybe the his headaches were so bad he was like, it's not worth it. No, no, it wasn't Shaggy, it was the lawyer. Like he waited Oh yeah, because the lawyer dips. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he he waited till he brought Monk there to go get the the suitcase, and then he splits. But he could have gotten it beforehand. I think he needed the contract signed or whatever. For some reason. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe. That's why he had him sign those papers. Maybe maybe he's not a terrible lawyer, like I assumed. Maybe. He's actually good at his job. Yeah, you know. Maybe he knew that Silas was going to lead Monk and his family there to die. So, I don't know. Silas, who may or may not be dead at this point, we're not sure. Not, not None at all. No, uh, I think he was alive, wasn't he? Because they killed him at I... the end. Oh, they did kill him at the end. So, so he, he was, was just alive. wearing makeup? He pretended yeah. to be dead. That is dumb. That's that's the that's the part where where because by that point you forget that he's like supposed to be dead already when they kill him. He's in the same. He oh my god. Eddie, okay. So he was alive this whole time. He was just doing this whole thing he so just, he could open the. He was just hanging out <sighs> in the basement the entire time. I guess those ghosts are good company for him. But it's a glass house. Wouldn't someone see him? Well, I don't know. They 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 said that about the glass bathrooms, which is the next scene. Oh yeah. Oh, the slow-mo jumping into the bed. Yes. And the the glass bathroom. Oh, and you know, splashing that water on her face, pulling her hair behind. There was a good 5 10 minutes devoted to this girl in the bathroom. But like but before then, the lawyer accidentally sets up the machine to work. They all start getting locked in and the first ghost is released. Yes. Uh, Lana Del Rey, um, or Tits. Yeah, Tits is there to um, get this bathtub scene going with the daughter, but Monk spoils the whole thing. Even, like, walked by and he was like, nice tit, babe. Like, Yeah, so obviously, I don't know. The, which one was she? The, the angry princess or something? Uh, yeah, she's the angry. She was part of the Black Zodiac, which Ripley later explains, like, far too late in the movie, because by this point, the by, the by the point that they're trapped in the Tetris house, I think the movie had reached the 45-minute mark already. Yeah, it was, it's, I don't know, yeah, it went by surprisingly fast for nothing happening. I was shocked that, I, I looked at the timestamp, I was like, we're 45 minutes in already? I thought I would be suffering by this point, but... There was a lot of slow motion, I think, around the daughter, and that just sort of made the movie seem shorter. She's warping time around her? Yep, with her slow motion and her conveniently ripping clothing. So, 
So Tits sets up the lawyer to die. He gets, what, sliced in half. Oh, yeah. Because he, that was, well, he split, remember? He, yeah, he split. DJ Maggie Whitebear asked if the lawyer split, and yes, he did. So. And then the, and then what, Tits immediately goes to the bathroom to hang out in a bathtub. Maybe she died in the bathtub, or maybe that room was hers. I don't know. I don't know the story of the ghosts. I do. So this is what made me look up the story of the ghosts. Um, so, okay, so the Angry Princess, her original name was, her, her living name was Dana Newman. She was obsessed with plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> hence she the uh, worked, yeah, hence tits. She worked at a, like, a, she worked for a plastic surgeon as his assistant. And then one night she decided to give herself surgery, but ending up, like, mutilating herself beyond saving. So then she committed suicide in a bathtub, and her suicide note said, I'm sorry. That's why the that's why the bathroom floor, the glass bathroom floor had I'm sorry written in blood on it. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure about that. So obviously the very deep backstory to these ghosts played a slight part in the movie. At this point, I realized maybe this movie isn't as bad as I thought it is. It's not bad. The movie's bad, but it doesn't. Yeah, it yeah. sucked the time down quicker than I thought it would. I thought I'd be suffering by the forty-five minute mark, but I was shocked that it was already here. Yeah, I know. So, um, I think this is the point where Maggie loses the child. Yes, because uh, she's she's putting on those those cool shades because she wants to, she wants to feel herself in those shades, you know. Well, she and she also mentions like, I wonder if my room has candles. Does she? I she yeah. said so many things that were surrounding herself and she didn't even pay attention to that kid on the scooter. I I wrote down oh my god that scooter. I wrote down everything she said in my notes because they're all funny. Awesome. Um also I forgot Razor scooters were a thing until this movie. You know I had actually forgotten too. Maybe maybe if this movie was made in 2016 that kid would have ridden, ridden a hoverboard around. It, oh my god, a remake of this movie. That would be a remake perfect. of a remake. Yes. This was a this is a remake of an original movie. I did not do my research at all, apparently. Yeah, it's a remake of an original movie called Thirteen Ghosts, and like I forgot when that movie came out, but like it was like one of those like horror movies, but like everybody in the audience had special like three D glasses. Oh, and when okay. you wore the glasses you could see the ghosts. So these high tech sci fi glasses they use in and nod to the original movie. Okay, I get it now. That makes more and sense. And that is the only thing the two movies have in common, other than 13 ghosts and a house, a murder house. So uh, a, a house, a Tetris house. A Tetris house. To, to, that the Necronomicon tells us will open the, uh, is it Ocularus Infernum, or Inferno, or whatever. Yeah, I learned some Latin. Yeah. Well, Tony Shalhoub already knows Latin, so he can teach you more if you want. If you, you know, are interested. Yeah, I just, I just gotta find him. He's probably living sweet on his monk money. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe he's living in that glass house. Maybe they rebuilt it with the money. <laughs> so, the kid just disappears on the scooter, right? Yeah. Immediately, yeah, and he immediately goes to the dark basement, as where all kids collect. Generally, most kids are drawn to dark basements with voices coming from them well like the ghosts are like talking to him and he's like maggie is that you it's like no that's not maggie maggie doesn't sound like that it's pretty obviously not maggie maggie would be complaining about something that is not maggie <laughs> maggie would not call <laughs> maggie would not call you to her because you are a burden on her maggie's too busy trying to assess the value of the rest of the stuff in the house she was she was gonna steal stuff right I'm sorry, I I I got Maggie mixed up with Daughter Slomo, whose name I have no idea what it is. Not even in the movie. Maggie was actually just having a great old time in this house until someone told her there were ghosts. I don't But she didn't even believe that until she put on the glasses and she's like, Oh yeah, the ghosts. Yeah, she Maggie was sort of bulletproof to this movie. She was never actually in direct line of sight of one of these ghosts, and they didn't seem to care as much about killing her. As all Not these crazy all. white people. I have, a, I have a crackpot theory about that. I would actually love to hear that. Okay. Maggie touches Matthew Lillard multiple times in this movie, and he does not freak out. 
What? So I think she's like a heartless, soulless woman who is immune <laughs> to everything paranormal. <laughs> I love that. Okay, Maggie is the heartless, soulless nanny maid who literally doesn't even do her job. And that's why she lost the kid and basically gave zero shits about that kid when she realized he was gone. She's like, oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> um... I, then uh, what is it? Monk and uh, Shaggy run into the living room where he told those kids to stay put. Why don't they ever listen to him? Yeah, well, they're just kids. <laughs> um, also, like clothes change. Matthew Lillard is in a completely different outfit. Yeah, he did have time to. I he was not wearing the that suit and everything underneath that jumpsuit. Actually, the yeah. daughter notices. She's like, "Weren't you in a jumpsuit?" Yeah, and his his glasses are gone because they got knocked off when he was like freaking out. And he doesn't need them anymore. No, he replaced them with uh, high-tech ghost glasses. They're prescription ghost glasses. No, they're prescription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also had the only pair that broke, because there's a lot of slow-mo scenes of glasses hitting the ground, but his are the only ones that broke. Yeah, well, the other ones were high-tech ghost glasses. It reminded me of Google Glass before that was even a <laughs> thing. Everyone in this house is just playing a big Google Glass game. So they're trapped in there, and they try and break the glass, right? Yeah, so they try breaking the glass, nothing happens. Matthew, uh, uh, Shaggy said something to the, the point of, it's special. He, he, he named a really specific thing that I had no idea what it was. Oh, okay, I found it. Um, it's ectobar glass. Ectobar glass. That's... Okay. <laughs> so Let's just throw together ectobar a ghost glass. word. Well, uh, yeah. So, it makes sense though. If it's bars and they're ecto bars, that's obviously ghost cage glass. So, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my cool. God. So, <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, speaking of bars, Cagehead. I wonder, does Cage have Cagehead have any relation to Pyramid Head? Does oh, actually. So Cagehead's background story: he like rapes a nurse, and that's what Pyramid Head does in the video. So maybe. Cagehead looked like he came from the same place as Pyramid Head. They're <laughs> both from Silent Hill. They're from the same shtetl. <laughs> so they try and break the glass, that the ectobar glass that does not break. The daughter gets attacked by Cagehead, who we were just talking about. Yeah, because they decide to split up in the basement, which is the yes. worst idea. The best idea is pairing up Maggie with Shaggy and then having them do their own thing, because that is the best. They were the two comic relief characters that I cared the most about in this film, so their whole discourse was perfect. So, like, as soon as Maggie sees the glass, she's like, I'm out of here, and immediately starts to leave. She's like, fuck these kids. Yeah, Maggie, again, doesn't care. There's no soul inside this woman's body. So, Monk and Slow Motion Girl, they're walking along the corridor and that ghost gets her and she gets pulled right up that wall and yeah. she has the most convenient shirt ripping there ever was yeah uh what is it lower boob cleavage yes the best uh, the best slow motion lower boob cleavage that money can buy is in this movie so that is something to look forward to <laughs> And then a woman exposition couple or scorned witch shows up with her flares. Yep, Ripley's here. Thank goodness. Her flares, which in the beginning of the movie said, don't work. <laughs> They're working pretty well in this house. What? No, wait. In the, in the very beginning, um, Cyrus is all like, I see you're still using those stupid flares. That don't work. Well, they work fine. Well, they work fine. Yeah. They didn't dispel the ghost. They just made it leave. It came right back. Because they were, they were dragging her away then from the ghost. She only used that flare the once. I, oh, yeah, yeah. So maybe she, they... Well, she brought, like, three. I don't know. She didn't bring enough. I don't understand what it was. It was in the flares that made them ghost repellent? Maybe They said flares? it was... Uh, Cyrus said specifically silver nitrite flares. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, that's right. What was it? It says something like quicksilver. I was like, silver nitrate? That's right. Oh god. Well, yeah, she she's definitely the witch version of Ripley. She's here to fight those ghosts. Monk is doing literally nothing about that. The daughter, the Monk believes in ghosts now, and Ripley shows him the Necronomicon, and then the daughter's gone. Where did she go? It just did she wander off? Immediately gone. 
I assumed what happened is Cyrus, uh, like, sneaked up like a Scooby-Doo villain, which makes sense, and, like, just kidnapped her. Okay, good. And she, because she made a lot of noise when Cage had kidnapped her, but she was entirely silent. Silent to the point where no one even heard her shuffling, kicking her feet or anything. Maybe Silas was a ghost, and he just had to die again because of the house. I don't know. I don't know. I get distracted by really old books, so I, I, I could feel. Well, you know. So did the camera, and that's why we that's why we never saw uh slow motion daughter or baby podcaster again until the very end of this movie. Ripley then says, We gotta get to the library, it's the safest place. And then everybody meets up except for the children, the two people they are looking for. <laughs> so yeah, basically this is the, the big exposition. This is the this is the part where they give all the explanation of the Black Zodiac and all this crazy stuff, which was really cool. They put a lot of effort into this part of the movie. They really did. Um, it felt complete. This part of the movie also had three lines that were really great. Uh, Maggie going, I gots to get me a pay raise. <laughs> well, she took that suitcase of money, so she got that. Shaggy goes, where are your kids? And how do you lose an entire family in a glass house? <laughs> Maggie, right when they're about to leave, Maggie's like, I'm stuck here in a house with a bunch of crazy white people. Yes, that one, that was my favorite part. I had to write that down. In, yeah, right after the whole Black Zodiac note, I have Maggie stuck in this house with a bunch of crazy white people. Well, there's a psychic, uh, there's Ripley, there's Monk. So, So a monk a psychic and a witch all get together and they're all in a bar. What do they do? <laughs> what do they do? They take apart the house. They pull out a glass wall. Uh. Oh gosh, they did. That's, they went Captain America on that whole thing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Um, it does not. Also, why were they going out in the house? Were they looking for the kids again? I don't, I think they were trying to get to the center where, well, no, they were in the library. Was it? I don't know what they were doing. They appear. They 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 had no plan after that point. They literally had no plan because, like, he was like, Shaggy's like, I will help you to the end. We're best friends now, right? It was just like, what is what is happening? Well, that's after he revealed that he was the reason that Monk's wife is dead. Oh yeah, and then Monk goes, "This doesn't add up," and I go, "It should." You're a math teacher, and you're Monk. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Shaggy, while they're running with the barrier wall, Captain America's shield or whatever, Shaggy says a lot of really weird things, but he starts chanting that there's no place like home. And I'm wondering if home is a mystery mobile. <laughs> it probably is. Uh, meanwhile, Maggie and uh, Ripley are downstairs, and Maggie goes, man, I just got my nails done. <laughs> like, Yeah, and then that is when Ripley reveals that she is... The traitor at the house on the hill. She oh she yeah betrays everyone. I, oh, oh man, uh, it was just like was Maggie okay after that? The best. She got hit. Maggie really got hard. knocked out. Yeah, she got knocked out, but she was in the same room to set up her DJ mo- moment at the end. Though. That's true. So she was in. That's where she went. I I kept thinking she's not here. She was a, she was unconscious for the rest of the movie until that very point, which she doesn't see whether or not she saves the kids or Monk. Because no. you can't see that room. You can't see the room they were in from the room she was in. So basically she just messes with some stuff. The whole house falls apart. And then she gets the hell out of there because they're not paying her enough for it. I got some questions about that, though. Uh, because, okay. Why was she messing with the the thing? Because she was knocked out when Cyrus did his whole exposition about... She knew nothing um, about this whole thing. She was just... Yeah. She was just like, ooh, turntables and a microphone. And she went nuts. Yeah. And it was at just the right time. It was instinctual. She had to do it. She saw those turntables, and she was ready to go. She's ready to go? Yep. Uh, oh, she also said, uh, oh my god, baggy lines. Uh, is that half the lawyer? Oh my god, he looked better. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I don't know. Well, he did. It's half of him, yes, and he's dead, so yes. Yeah, well, she also was the one who asked if the lawyer split, so yes, he did. <laughs> she got her answer. So then Shaggy, who saw his death earlier with his psychic powers, 
we're not talking much about Shaggy's psychic powers. The movie didn't touch much on Shaggy's psychic powers. I think everyone so far... One of Shaggy's psychic powers is that everyone forgets he has psychic powers. Wait a second, he saw his own death? That's what was going on? Yeah, the... What was it? The... Not the juggernaut, dude. The dude with the needle head. The guy with all the, the spikes in him. Oh, 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 um... Captain Hammer, as I call uh, him. Ah, Captain Hammer, who I'm sure has an amazing backstory. That was... He touched um, the glass that Captain Hammer was behind, and he saw himself being killed by him. Is, yeah, he's the ghost of an African-American blacksmith who lived in a small town. Yada, yada, yada. Racism, and then they nailed him to a tree. Holy shit. Maybe there's a reason he's mad. He's mad at all these crazy white people. Oh my god, that makes sense, because all the white people killed him. Yeah, well, mate, that's why he ignored Maggie. We also skipped over all of the ghosts. The point at which they were running away from the ghosts and Shaggy was shooing Maggie away, they came up yeah. upon the the two ghosts that I called the little sister and the big daddy. That's exactly what I called them. <laughs> I, was, I, I saw it and... I instantly thought that. They also came across, what, a uh, cultural appropriation kid? Uh. The the little Indian boy. Oh, the firstborn son, I guess. No. There's he, was a like half, he was like half cowboy, half Indian. It, it doesn't matter. He was, wasn't he wearing chaps? He was, he was a little He's... boy wearing chaps with a feather headdress and had an arrow through his head. The, yeah, cult, cultural appropriation boy was a good one. Was there a little girl character? No, there was um Oh, that was the um, mother to the big to the big Yeah. Dude. There was the 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 bag of gore, just the guy in the bag. Oh um, yeah. The prom queen who got strangled to death that I called Regina George. <laughs> uh, well, thank God. Uh the dead mom, <laughs> the dead mom, the guy with the baseball bat. Uh the witch who only shows up once. There was a witch. Oh yeah, she was the yeah. one in the in the stocks. She's an actual witch. Her background. She's an actual witch. They tried to burn her alive and they couldn't burn her, so they just put her in stocks until she, she died. died. Okay. Well, if she's an actual witch, I don't know. Maybe Shaggy should have had more interaction with the actual witch because he had psychic powers, which technically makes him kind of magical, just like her. I don't know. I don't know how this universe describes witches, but obviously they can't die by fire. Maybe Shaggy should be more powerful, and that's why no one notices he's psychic. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking about witches, cultural appropriation witch. Was she was she fucking Cyrus? Is that what's going on? Uh, Is that why she was doing everything? Y- yes, yes. Um, Ripley? I don't know. She seemed to have Stockholm Syndrome. Well, first off, rip Shaggy because, you know, Spiky Guy kills him and Monk just stands there and does nothing. So sad, so. but he doesn't care that much. He cries, <laughs> though, over someone Dust. who killed his wife. So he's already got some Stockholm stuff going on there. Ripley, who has super Stockholm syndrome for maybe dead Cyrus. Well, she... But like her husband dies, and then she like falls in love with him. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because he was supposed to die the exact same time. So yeah, maybe she was a she was a member of Ghost Peta. So Ghost maybe she thought he was a ghost. But wasn't Ghost Peta like a front? Like I... she was just pretending to be Ghost Peta just so she could get in the house and make sure like everything was going to plan. I don't. Yeah, you know what? No. So I don't know where she got where she got Ghost Peta boyfriend from. Maybe they're all over the place. Maybe they're easy to find. But, but then like, but then she was like, "Let's open the gateway to hell, but let's not hurt the kids because they're just kids." Why does she care? Yeah, I don't. Why does she care at all? Because Ripley has I don't know morals. Maybe. <laughs> She seems to be interested in a psycho murderer who wants to open the the eye of hell, which they describe it as sounding not that bad. If anything's the of hell and you have to sacrifice people and have earthbound spirits to open it, I don't know if your moral compass should exactly be trying to point north at that point. Yeah, but then she's also carrying around explosives for no reason because she never uses them. She didn't. I I kept thinking when the house finally exploded, 
Uh, by the way, listeners, the house explodes. When the house finally explodes, Maggie did the house exploding, though, that's right. When the house finally explodes, I thought maybe, like, her bombs can't- had something to do with it? Because there was a lot of fire, wasn't there? If there, I don't know. If there was, then everybody would be dead. Yeah. I, I really, I thought it was just like spiritual energy just blasting all the windows. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, those, that wasn't just any bomb. Those were true sticks of dynamite. They, they were. It was, it was a very cartoony looking bomb. It was, it was like three red sticks strapped together with wires and a clock on the front, basically. But she also had like literal blocks of C four. Like she did. I did yeah. not pay enough attention to the stuff she put in her bag. Like she opened up her drawer in that one scene, and she like, oh, here's some papers, and then blocks of C four, dynamite, and flares, all in one drawer. I would not do that. Maybe she just plays fast and loose that way. She hopes to be a ghost one day. Which she was the only one who I didn't see come back as a ghost because, well, Rip Ripley. Uncle, maybe dead Silas, kills her. Did he even touch a button or anything? He just walks no. ahead of her and stuff closes. Yeah. Around her and she gets squished to death. Yeah. The best the the best scene that they they should have played up a whole bunch that they usually do in a lot of movies. Even the Star Wars the 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 whole the whole the walls are closing in trope. They just did that to her and killed her with it, which was awesome. Well they did it they did it earlier and Maggie got through. I wasn't I did not think that was going to happen. Well, yeah, that's right. Maggie got through one of those, but there was a there was a wall in front of her this time and she didn't have anywhere to go, so she got squished. She got squished the way that the lawyer split just real quick like like you didn't even realize they were dead until all the crazy orange blood started spewing everywhere. Um, this is also when the the turntable starts summoning the ghosts. Yes, the the chanting goes on, all the ghosts come around, and they start spinning around in circles. There's a ballroom dance scene with all the ghosts, which they get to they get to show us the ghosts one more time, I guess. And and Cyrus is counting them out. <laughs> yeah, he's like one, two, one. <laughs> Do you think that's how he teaches math? Yes, he he was he was just counting them all out. Wait, was that Cyrus or no? Cyrus is no, the uncle. Um, that was Monk. Yeah, yeah, that was Monk counting them out, and then Cyrus shows up out of nowhere. And <laughs> yeah, Monk, I guess, sort of demonstrates that he's alive by punching him. But when DJ Maggie White Bear screws everything up, she screws everything up, and then the ghosts come and get Cyrus, and they throw him into the machine, the way that they wanted Monk to go into the machine. I guess. Yeah, and it kills him. It breaks him apart into perfect segments torso <laughs> two arms two legs one head perfect <laughs> chops i i got a i got a i got a question how did those kids end up in the center of that big machine because like you see the floor go down and then it comes up and they're there but the only thing right below that floor is the giant spinning gears of death maybe there's a small chain maybe there's a conveyor belt or a small chamber that they never showed us but yeah but then there's like but then there had to be like a scene where um where Ripley was like, I guess I'll deal with the kids and put them in that thing. Yeah, that's right. But then Silas kills her. Yeah, she's like, I don't but know. They're just kids. And he's like, okay. But, you know, sacrifices have to be made. And she's like, okay. And then he squishes her to death. And that's it. There was that's no. It. Well, he is actually alive. So I guess maybe he did it off screen. I guess. I don't, I don't know. How would you even do that? But yeah, whatever. A lot seems um, to happen off screen in this movie. Like all of the backstories of the ghosts. That's that's so true. Possibly that. I don't know. This is a two-hour movie. They could have filled in the backstory of the ghosts had they cut out some of the slow motion. That's so true. So, um, Monk double dutches into there, right? Yeah, he uses his math skills finally. Yeah. Figure out the perfect time to jump in. Yeah. Right as everything explodes. Right. Yes. And he. He grabs those kids. Literally, the kids could have just huddled up and waited, and everything would have been fine. He didn't have to jump in there. He could have almost got chopped into perfect pieces like Uncle Silas did. But, yeah, I guess he didn't know that exactly. So, 
then the go the house blows up and the ghosts are free to go kill again. Yeah. And they, they're they're free. Which like they're all walking away, but what about that guy in the body bag? Like is he rolling away? I don't know. You mean the the, the torso guy? I don't I don't think he was he was in a body bag. He was like in he was one of Dexter's victims. He was in Saran wrap. Oh, but still, he's just like rolling away. There's no I I guess he seemed to he seemed to get around on his arms. It looked like, but he, but he also had like his legs in a separate saran wrap and his head in a separate saran wrap. Okay, so yeah, he has so to he like... just sort of all his pieces sort of just move independently in the way that you would expect them to. Each leg hops on its own. His torso sort of crawls and the head rolls, and they they're a it's like a swarm <laughs> monster. They all just sort of move on together in in one. So uh, oh, that's terrifying. That's the scariest <laughs> thing right there. Uh and then uh mom shows up. Yes, mommy loves you kids and back. G- goodbye. And she disappears. Yep. And she looked normal. Like she did. She's f- finally everyone looks normal. The rest of the ghosts, they were the way they wanted to be in death, which was scary as all get out and menacing and killing people, but mommy was here because she was forced to be. So uh. the I'm not sure who got the money. They never told us or showed us. We're supposed to assume, hopefully, that Monk and his family get the money, but you think Maggie took that money? I'm I'm positive Cause Maggie took that money. She's sh- she- Maggie says as she leaves for the rubble of the house that she's sick of this shit. And then that's it. The end. She she says, uh, oh my god, what she says, um, she goes, I'm, I'm sorry, family, Kathy, Bobby, uncle, you ghosts, I'm sick of this shit. That's right. That's why I didn't remember the kids' names. They had the most generic kids' names that you could ever think of. It was Kathy and Bobby. Well, She also mentions she's going on a plane back to Newark. Not New York, but <laughs> Newark, New Jersey. Well, didn't... Did she not have sort of a New Yorkish accent? Well, okay. So, okay, so the actress who plays that character... She's a rapper. She's from Newark, New Jersey. Okay, so and, she so she was just giving a little shout out. That was probably ad lib. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I guess that sort of sort of brings us to the end of our our great recap review portion. Uh, the, so what was it? Well, actually, I guess now, listeners, it's time for Peter's Amazon hour. If, oh my god. If you're ready oh to god. give us the little spiel on this awesome movie. Okay. Um I found a couple. Um <laughs> Okay, so the my favorite one I found, it says it was um I bought this movie because I figured there'd be some scenes missing. I don't I don't know what that means. Um I, so she goes, I bought this movie because I figured there's some scenes missing. F. Murray, Abraham, Tony Shalhoub, Jessica Biel, and other well-known actors are in this movie. Okay, so I'm going to pause this. Jessica Biel is not in this movie. So she she thought Shannon Doherty... It's not even Shannon Doherty. It, oh my god. Shannon Doherty. Shannon Elizabeth was Jessica Biel the entire movie. Whoever wrote this review. Oh my gosh. And then she goes, uh, I guess I was amazed at the house and how it was made. Um by the uncle. He does die in the beginning of the movie, but comes back before he dies to recollect all of his tormented souls. See, she wasn't sure Five out of sure five either. stars. Yeah, not, no idea. No one knows whether or not he died. Uh, yeah, he... So she gave it... Five out of five. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I... I don't know. Okay. Shannon Doherty okay. was there too, so... Obviously, this movie is better than I thought. Uh, another review. It was a uh, real quick. What do you get when you take an unbelievable, intricate mansion? Add one widower, his two kids, the nanny, a psychic, and a supernatural specialist, and twelve very disgusting, disturbing, and frightening ghosts. Edge of your she- seat, white knuckle, knuckle hair raising fun. 
five out of five stars. <laughs> That's exactly what it was for me. My I was on the edge of my seat. My knuckles were white. I was sweating. This movie was terrifying. <laughs> uh, I like how that review is like real quick and then a huge long run on sentence. <laughs> awesome. And then uh last review I saw that just made me laugh. It goes this movie has some jump factor in it. The special effects are good, and I think the storyline is also good. Five out of five stars. Well, at least they're questioning the storyline. But wouldn't you like give that four? Four out of five? Not like Well, they, they think it's good, so they're they're just not sure of themselves, but their personal just, opinion it's a good movie. Just not at all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh oh, did you think the uh the, the rap at the end of the movie, it was really out of place. This movie, I wasn't surprised at all. I just thought, eh, that's appropriate. I didn't even listen. I just turned it off. And I was like, I'm so friggin' glad this movie's over. Well, I listened to it because I wanted to know who it was. Surprise, it's Maggie. Maybe she was the reason, she was the reason that the, half of this movie was made. I thought so was... too, and I looked it up, and no. She I just didn't sponsor any of this. No, I just assumed like in her contract, it was like you get the rap at the end, and she's like, "Okay, okay, that's how they got." I don't know why they wanted her specifically. Well, at the time, she was like really famous and underground, but like. Okay, so they were trying to get all those, all the, all that good um hipster money. <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> before hipsters were a thing. I think they're uh, uh scenesters at the time. Oh yeah, the scenesters—they were trying to get those scenes to dollars coming in, because no one ever illegally downloaded a movie, especially not one that was maybe good. This was—I didn't even go to the trouble of trying to find or download this movie at, at all. I thought I'm gonna—I'm gonna look for it on YouTube. It was on YouTube. Yeah, no, I found it on YouTube too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. So you probably watched the same one with the bubbly green shit in the background. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's as that's as that's as much legwork as I was willing to do. I thought I could get one with a better sound quality. Eh, I'll just watch this. And <laughs> that was pretty much good enough for me. Well, like I swear I saw it on um the oh my god Netflix. I swear I saw it on Netflix, and then I didn't see it on Netflix, and then I just started watching like something else. And I was like, I should watch this movie. So I just yeah. googled it and I found it on YouTube. So I thought it was on Netflix too. I could have sworn I saw it there. Maybe they took it down because it w- it was taking up too much space. Ew. <laughs> it was <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. There's not enough room on this one server in this giant room. We can't well, remove a movie. <laughs> not for this movie. <laughs> thirteen, 13 ghosts, ghosts gotta go. In it after all. <laughs> there has to be like one guy <laughs> like, but Maggie's the best. Nope. Oh, nope. Sorry. <laughs> DJ Maggie White Bear out. And that was the end of the movie. Oh. Uh, I all. There's this thing that when. I'm not sure if this is something specifically that. I think it was Screen Rant does, where they tell you everything that was wrong with this movie. Yeah. Whenever they say the name of the movie, they say roll credits. I noted that within the first. I don't know, minute that Shaggy started complaining about 13 ghosts. Immediately, yeah. He said, 13 ghosts? And that was the point at which I checked out. <clears throat> there's a there's a lot of really terrible movie tropes in this in this movie. Like, dead things in the basement, terrible father, kid running away from, like, dumb kid. Like... That, that person who betrayed them all. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, sorry, Ripley. Sigourney Weaver had nothing to do with this film. I think she would have been more honorable. Or found her way out of that glass squishing chamber. Oh man, if so, it, what if it was Sigourney Weaver? This movie would be so much better. Fans of Alien would watch this movie and wouldn't care what the character was doing. They'd just be amazed by it. She's like, she's a villain in one of the new Netflix Marvel shows, and I'm like, I'm down. This is, is this she? is what I want. Yeah. The reason I loved, which I hope we'll do this movie soon one day. The reason I loved A Cabin in the Woods is because she was she wasn't even in the cast. I don't know if she was she even had a 
I'm nope. sure she had yeah, a name in the credits. Just, she was, was just, just there. Just a cameo. Yeah, she was yep. just there. Uh, she was there. Sigourney Weaver appeared at the last minute for some exposition, and that was it. I have a fine. There's a fond place in my heart for that movie. Yes, the oh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah, I love that movie to pieces, and we can probably talk about that when we review it. <laughs> so, okay, how did you how did you rate the how did you rate the movie? Star rating. How many ghosts would I give this movie? Or <laughs> I honestly. This movie was funny to watch, but was it good? Would I recommend someone wasting their time on it? I would say I give this movie a two ghosts out of 13. A two out of 13? Is that yes. like two out of five or like actual two out of 13? I, I would say an actual two out of 13. So like a one point, oh I don't know, God. not out of, out of 10. Um. I... I am not very good at math. I can't do that off the top of my head. Oh, oh! But, you and Monk yeah. have something in common. Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Now I'm actually doing the math, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a I, I just want to know what my exact rating is. Um, um, I don't... But yeah. I don't know. I was trying to... I was having a very hard time trying to figure out how to rate this movie. I was like, should I do it like... Two thirteen ghosts out of five thirteen ghosts, or like two bad nanny puns out of five bad nanny puns. But I, I gave it a two out of five. Okay, so yeah, I yeah, basically, I, I'm right there with you. I would have given it a two out of a two out of ten, but d- does it really deserve that round two from me? Not exactly. I'll I'll give it a one point whatever. I mean. I gave it two because Maggie is so funny. Like, she is funny. So good. She was the reason I laughed at all during this movie. The she, the initial. I love her line. I'm probably gonna. I'll probably plug it in where you said, just where you where you talked about where she said the daughter wasn't a slut. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a bitch. Oh my god. That so that I turned around. I had to pause that movie. I laughed so hard. It was awesome. Okay, yeah. I, you know what? You have convinced me. Two out of ten. I am. We can be <laughs> unanimous on this this movie. So, for Maggie's for for DJ Maggie White Bear's sake, it's a two out of ten. So the I guess the amazing question: Would you recommend it? I I don't know if there was like a. I've I've known I've recommended this movie. I like I know I have, but I don't know if I would now. Maybe on like some like Halloween night where everybody's like, let's watch all these Halloween movies. I would be like, let's watch Thirteen Ghosts because it's good just to laugh. Uh, but otherwise, no, no, not at all. Yeah, I, you know what's funny is I well I told my sister about our our podcast that we're recording it, and I think she told my mother, and she told me sydney's mad at you now because she has to watch 13 ghosts and she hates that movie oh no i'm so sorry i was like well you know at least we have one listener out there and someone who's probably very mad right now uh speak about movie did you did you pick a movie for us to watch you know i i am going to randomly select from this list of movies that i have been writing on for a while uh how do you feel about Titanic? Yeah, we could we could do Titanic. It it just it's something that it's very near and dear to my heart. Um it's very near and dear to my heart of the ocean. <laughs> I guess we're I guess closing up the podcast. Uh where can the listeners find you, Peter? Um, okay, so I'm always gaming my gamertag Zenzuma. Just hit me up on Steam or whatever. Um, and then I do a bi-weekly, well, it's like every three weeks now, uh, video game podcast called Peter vs. Peter, where we go over the news, and I've been setting up our biggest episode yet, talking about Final Fantasy XV, a game I have not played. <laughs> Which I have actually, uh, I have been listening to your podcast, and I do enjoy it. It's uh, very, it's very fun if, if you like video games, listeners. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my god, that makes my day. 
Yeah, it, I I love listening to the nerdy video game stuff that I rarely get to talk about, mostly because I can't I can't game enough to to call myself a gamer, but I do know <coughs> some about yeah. games. So it's very interesting to hear these things that I didn't know about and then also be informed at the same time. I I like it because I don't play enough games either. I just read about them, and then Vaughn plays everything in the world. So, like, he will play all the games and all the board games, and then I'll be like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> I I read almost nothing. <laughs> I watch I watch a lot of stuff. I mostly watch Let's Plays, so a lot of Minecraft is stuck in there. But I I do enjoy good gamer speak. And that is a and Peter versus Peter is a great place to get that. So, you know, give them a listen if you're listening to this. You can find me on Twitter at Redford underscore Ray R E D F O R D, and you can find our podcast on Twitter at Amateur underscore Critics, and you can follow us on our Tumblr page, Amateur Movie Critics Cast. And if you want to suggest movies to us, possibly talk about becoming a guest host in the future, you can email us at amateurmoviecritics2016 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. This is the part where I'd say about all that really annoying crap about commenting and rating and subscribing. But you know the spiel, <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> so Bye. until next time, uh, what was it? What was our outro? Oh, stay amateur. Okay, so oh, yeah. until next time. Stay amateur. Stay amateur. Uh, we'll, we will get that right eventually. I'm sure we will. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> Trying to figure out why I captivate people when I don't even trust Like all the things that I took for granted But now that I'm older, I surely understand it Every single day trying to carry out tasks Celebrate another birthday like moving too fast Every minute, hour, each day and night Making sure I stay focused and keep my mind right Never knowing what drama that life could bring Inspirational win with every song I sing Making sure that I'm not overcome with greed Got enough security for my seat It go like any given day Day, y'all can take 50 grand, snatch her out of school and head to Disneyland, or maybe just toys are